Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. It's October 10th, 2023. We are live streaming on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube as always. Who knows how long we will uh, remain on YouTube as obviously we're going to be talking about some uh, some depressing stuff at times, showing you some uh, horrific stuff at times and everything else. So if you do have a moment, if you could just jump over to Rumble, dot com slash Ruben report and subscriber join us in the locals community uh it'll be the best way that i can stay in touch with you guys you know uh, amidst all of the problems that we have now we still have a massive big big tech problem and as it gets more difficult to talk about these controversial topics and and just the horrors that are happening all over the world and i suspect unfortunately we're just at the beginning of them uh, the best way to get me, if you want to stay in touch with me, because Twitter could be taken out tomorrow. It's still running on Amazon AWS. Elon's got a lot to work with there. Uh, join us over over on uh, on Locals. And you don't even have to pay. It's just if you want to just join us, it's great if you support. Anyway, none of that really matters relative to what's going on in the world. I'm sorry we were about a, late, a minute late today. Uh, this morning I went, uh, Governor DeSantis came down to Miami and went to a, a, a temple in Surfside, uh, and I was invited and a few other people, and he gave just a really uh, fantastic speech. I, I took that picture. Um, he just gave a great speech about moral clarity and the difference between Western civilization and barbarism and the right to respond, and just and it was just good. And then, of course, talked about how uh, Florida will not put up and put up with any of this if you threaten our citizens or if you are breaking the laws or just like any of that stuff. It was just no nonsense no BS, any of that. Uh, so I'm just so freaking proud to live in this state, which I now consider the other promised land, let's say. Uh, before we get into today's stuff, and obviously it's mostly gonna be about what's going on in the world, and then I wanna do one little sort of um, American political thing up top involving RFK, because I think it's a seminal moment related to the Democrats, which has led to so much of this insanity throughout the world right now, our Democrat party and our left and our liberals losing their minds, it, it actually turned into a big problem for everybody. But before I do that real quick, um, you know, I, I just want to thank everybody who watched yesterday. I, I think I probably read every single, uh, well, I always read all the, the locals comments, uh, but I think I read every single YouTube comment yesterday. I think I read every single rumble comment yesterday, uh, this morning at the temple, people coming up to me and talking about the show we did yesterday. Um, it was obviously not easy for me. I, I meant what I said yesterday and that I did not know what I was gonna do. And I felt sort of like I got hit by a truck for the rest of the day. Um, it was, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm honestly, I'm not that emotional. I'm actually not that emotional. I'm, I can kind of do my silly stuff in this room, but like, I, I, don't, I don't tear up that often. I don't cry that often. You know, when I toured with Jordan and people would tell him all of these uh, just, insane stories about their life and what they had gone through and horrors and and the vindication and the comeback and all those things and jordan jordan could be brought to tears like that and i was always sort of like i was kind of like amazed by it at times and then also like like is there something wrong with me that i can't do that um but i did have one of those moments uh in in my bedroom after the show yesterday um, but i feel renewed and ready to continue fighting this thing. And it's, as I said, it ain't going anywhere. And, and don't think that this is just a problem with the Middle East, because as we're gonna lay out today, we now have a problem on all of our Western shores and everything else. So anyway, I just, I just appreciate your support and I'm gonna just keep trying to do the best that I can do. And we're all in it together for as long as uh, we have this precious free country. Uh, okay, so uh, I wanna start today actually by talking about RFK Jr. And you might think that that's a little bit off the beaten path of where the world is at at the moment, but he did leave the Democrat party. He officially announced that yesterday. We kind of knew it was coming. As some of you guys remember, when he announced way back when, what was that, maybe six months ago at this point, I said that day he will be a Republican by the end of this thing. Now he has he is saying he's an independent, not a Republican, but in essence, my point was, he, the, he when he finds out how evil and corrupt and rotted out the Democrat party is and the base of that party, he as an old school liberal who I have disagreements with, he will get out of that party. And I think he probably really is just sort of a moderate Republican at this point. Well, he has left and I wanna link why he left, the radicalism of his party when it came to borders. You think that's important right now? That was a big one that has woken him up over the last couple months. Uh, when it came to this gender nonsense, when it came to free speech, all of the things that I'm constantly talking about on the show that you guys all know are the are the most important things for a free society, right? Have a border, be able to say what you want uh, clearly and 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 cleanly without the threat of the government coming after you or big tech quashing you. 
Uh, and now where we are at, as we are watching uh, the world basically upside down, we are watching the progressive left, and this doesn't surprise me, but I think some people are actually, they're a little behind the curve on this stuff. We are watching the progressive left and the Hamas caucus, like AOC and Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, and these other, I would, I would say basically, uh, they, they are Hamas supporters that we have in our, in our government. Um, as we watch them defend, and they are, defend, I'm gonna show you some things on today's show and we're gonna talk about some things that are, again, they're, 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 words are not, you can't, they're not words. I can say words, but it doesn't describe it. We're gonna show you some images, but as they defend bar, barbaric medieval acts that are unimaginable, second level Holocaust type stuff, it's kind of here. And a whole bunch of us were saying, hey, we better deal with that radical lunacy that's detached from reality that is silencing people, that is shutting people out, that is allowing anyone and, and their brother to come into this country and do whatever they want. These things are all deeply connected. So that's what we're doing today. Uh, let me talk to you guys about Tax Network USA real quick. Uh, you guys know that the IRS October 15th tax deadline is right around the corner. Time does fly. Uh, if you're scrambling, think about those estimated payments, expense write-offs, and messy deductions. Well, I've got a recommendation for you. The attorneys at Tax Networks USA have been absolute lifesavers for many. Their team successfully saved clients over a billion in tax debts. Whether you're in the hole for 10,000 or staring at 10 million in debt. Hey, that could be uh, Hunter Biden. Uh, they're ready to help. And hey, no judgment here, even if you haven't filed in one, five, or a whole decade, they're equipped to secure your best settlement for you. I'd say that's quite a tax lifeline. So before the tax clock runs out, give Tax Network USA a shout. Okay, so you will see how I link Robert F. Kennedy officially, a Kennedy, right? Like the, the name, the sort of standard bearer of American Democrat Party, uh, one of the last ones in public life left, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. officially leaving the Democrat party yesterday and announcing that he will run for president as an independent. And they remind me that this country is ready for a history-making change. They are ready, they are ready to reclaim their freedom, their independence. And And that's why I'm here today. I'm here to declare myself an independent candidate. All right, so I want to be clear. It, it doesn't matter if you would ever consider running, uh, supporting Kennedy or not. It really doesn't matter, right? Like most of you probably not going to vote for a, a recent Democrat, even if you like him on, especially on the COVID stuff, and now you like him on the border stuff. But the point is he is running because he has now fully realized that the modern Democrat party, which by the way, is also fixing the primary against him, right? We know this, we've gone over it a couple of times that if he was even to step foot in those early primary states like Iowa, the votes were going to go all the way to Biden because they said if a candidate steps into the state, it goes to the incumbent because they're fixing the primary for the elderly man pretending to be president. He has realized the party is too radical. And that really is what the theme of today's show is. Uh, Jordan Peterson saw that video and commented, and he wrote this on Twitter. Now Robert Kennedy Jr. has come to understand some of the depth, the rot, and the Democrats. Jordan has been writing a lot of his tweets like haikus lately. I'm not exactly sure why, but I kind of dig it. Um, so, okay. So he is leaving. So what would the reaction be if he is leaving? Well, Carrie Kennedy, Carrie Kennedy is his sister, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, she tweeted out this. Bobby might share the same name as our father, yeah, the sister, uh, but he does not share the same values, vision, or judgment. Today's announcement is deeply saddening for us. We denounce his candidacy and believe it to be perilous for our country. That is RFK Jr.'s sister when clearly RFK has far more to do with JFK, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country, getting us out of wars, uh, fighting the deep state and all of those things. He has far more uh, to do with his dad than whatever she purports to think the, de the Democrats now believe in. Uh, one more from Jordan here. Uh, he saw that and he responded and said, the Kennedy family is as broken as the Democrats. Um, yeah, yeah, they are broken. The other Kennedys, they are. Uh, by the way, I'll be doing an event with RFK Jr. He knows that I'm obviously supporting DeSantis, but I'll always give him a fair shake. I'm doing an event with him in Los Angeles on, on uh, October 26th. 
which we'll put on the, the we'll put on YouTube and Rumble and everything else. Sorry, I'm a little scattered today, guys. Um, so why why am I bringing all this up? Because the radicalization of the Democrat Party has now seeped through every part of society, and that links us to what's going on here. Now, what I would say is the outright support by Ilhan Omar, AOC, and the rest of the Hamas caucus, they have lost their minds. Now, so far, Joe Biden's been pretty decent on this, but he also released $6 billion to Iran. Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, by the way, and many, many others warned him, hey, if you give the mullahs $6 billion, what do you think they're gonna do? We played a clip on this show a couple weeks ago where one of the, I think it was the Iranian president, was basically like, yeah, they said we can't use it for weapons, but you know, we're gonna do whatever's good for the Iranians, which every country does for itself. Uh, so now I will link that to everything else. Let me talk to you about my Patriot Supply real quick. Uh, do you guys get the feeling that something unthinkable is gonna happen soon? Jesus Christ, a little too on the money, guys. Uh, well, many do, and with all the distractions and smoke screens in the media, we probably won't see it coming. That's why it's smart to invest in emergency food today. A wise man once said it's better to have it uh, and not need it than to not have it and need it. My Patriot Supply is the nation's leader in emergency food storage. Go to my website, preparewithruben.com, and you'll save 25% on My Patriot Supply's three-month emer emergency food kit. You'll enjoy a wide variety of delicious meals, providing over 2,000 calories a day for optimum strength under stress. Stock up now before everyone else panics. Free shipping is automatic, and your order ships fast. Go to preparewithruben.com preparewithruben.com, and now back to me. So I have mentioned the phrase the Hamas caucus a couple of times. Uh, I think I came up with that a couple of years ago, but maybe I'm not the first one to ever say it. Uh, but I wanna show you this tweet that I put up yesterday. Can we get that one up? Uh, this is, I, I retweeted, I didn't know who this account was, Chicago of Ray. They wrote, the media made sure everyone knew who the eight Republicans were that sided with Gates so it's up to us to let everyone know who the eight leftist Democrats are that sided with Hamas today. And then of course you've got AOC and Omar and Presley and Tlaib and Bowman and Bush and Caesar and Lee. These people are dullards, they are anti-American, they swore an oath uh, to protect the Constitution of the United States. I have no doubt that they would gladly shred that document if they could. They have shown far more sympathy with a foreign terrorist organization, which I think would have actually be a violation of their oath of office. I also, I also think it's a violation of any congressman's oath of office. When you have an open border, it's their duty to protect the borders of this country, and we better damn well get serious about some of this stuff. Uh, because more and more, we have no idea how many people are in our country right now and where they are and what they're doing. Well, in Florida, we have probably a better sense of things, um, but. We just simply do not know. I wanna show you one other thing from Jordan because he retweeted that and he, he wrote something interesting and it connects us to the RFK point. He wrote, I asked dozens of Democrats over the last few years, congressmen and senators alike in behind the scenes talks, when does the left go too far? Not a single one answered, including Robert Kennedy Jr. Not one. Now they're finding out and it's a little late. Now, I suspect that Robert Kennedy Jr. now knows when the left goes too far, right? We've seen it with him. He now knows what's going on at the border. Uh, in my conversation with him that you might have seen from a few months ago, when I, when I really pushed him on the Supreme Court decision related to affirmative action, he basically came around to my position on that. Uh, but this was a discussion that Jordan and I had been having for years when we were on, on tour, and, we, and it was far bigger than me and Jordan. We'd have, we'd have incredible intellectuals with us and politicians and all these people. There was always this conversation, this nonstop conversation happening. Could the Democrat party be reformed? We all saw, right? You guys certainly saw it. Some of you are, are new, I suppose, to this show and waking up to some of this stuff. But for years now, there were a whole bunch of us talking about how radical the left had gone, how up is down with them and left is right and boys are girls and all of the stuff. Bad guys are good guys. They can excuse any violence if it's in the name of their ideology, all of the stuff. And I always was saying um, that the Democrat party is done. There is nothing left. We have to move on and, and we have to build new alliances. And clearly my life is an example of how you do that on the right. I am mean, by no means a, a traditional uh, conservative and I don't really consider myself a Republican other than I'm a Florida Republican for sure. Uh, but this was a debate that Jordan had for a long time. And Jordan would always say to me uh, that he would keep working with the Democrats as long as he could. Now he's even saying, yeah, I tried. It did not work. It simply did not work. So why didn't it work? Well, let's see the Democrats' stance on Israel. Now, remember, there are over 1,300 uh, Israelis dead. It's probably far more burned alive, raped in front of uh, dead women, raped in front of dead husbands. 
there's some un, like really unspeakable stuff we'll get to in a second. I mean, it's, it's, you got the point. So Ilhan Omar, who is a Somali immigrant, first generation immigrant into the United States, uh, who has become powerful and influential here in this country and a Congresswoman, uh, and I believe her to be actually an enemy of the United States of America and the people of Minnesota, I suppose, will have to decide if they want to reelect her or not. Uh, here she is finally chiming in on what's going on in Gaza. Reminder, Gaza doesn't have shelters or an iron dome and to please pray for them. May peace prevail in the region and move us towards a moral awakening to care about human suffering we are seeing. Palestinians are human beings who have been besieged and are deserving of protection from the international community. Well, Palestinians are besieged, she's right, by Hamas. There's not one Israeli that lives in Gaza. They completely moved every Israeli out. There are about 8,000 Jews living there. Hitler would love the place. There's not one Jew, right? Like that's what Hitler wanted, right? Jude and Ryan. There's none there. They left. They said, we want nothing to do with you. They left greenhouses. They left infrastructure. Hamas took over. They killed their opposition. And for all of these years, all of the billions and billions of dollars that Hamas got, and what did they build? They clearly built an, an incredibly effective guerrilla army instead of building, say, bomb shelters or uh, an iron dome or anything else. She's just a fucking communist cunt. I don't know how to say it any other way. Sorry if you're watching with the kids. What, what, you know, what am I going to do? I have to tell you what I think. Um, we got another one. Uh, this is from End Wokeness, uh, Rashida Tlaib, who's also in the Hamas caucus. Uh, she has, this is great, Representative, Representative Rashida Tlaib is flying a Palestinian flag and an LGBTQ pride flag outside of her office. Who wants to tell her? Yeah, you know, the thing is with the they, them crowd, if you go to Gaza, first they behead they, and then they behead them. That's how it works over there. But again, this shows the radicalism of the Democrat party. These ideologies have nothing to do with each other, right? Do you think, for, so think about it. They put the Palestinian cause at the height of their thing, right? Like it's just, it's, the Jews are bad. Somehow the Jews had nothing to do with Israel and the history of the Bible and thousands of years of archeological reality and historical reality and everything else. But the Jews are really bad and they're oppressing these people. And then somehow they've combined that with the LGBTQ two-spirit LMNOP fiasco, right? She knows. Like, go, lady, take, grab a couple lesbos and go to Gaza and see what happens. See what happens. But she will not. But the hypocrisy of these people uh, never end. But let's, uh, let's continue. Um, Stephen Miller, uh, who's, who strikes me as an actual like, journalist-type human being. I can say that without air quotes. That's nice. Uh, he tweeted this out. Just a reminder, the Twitter account of AOC with 13 million followers has gone completely dark over the rape, kidnapping, and summary executions of innocent residents in Israel over the past two days. Uh, AOC eventually did release a statement. I don't know that she put it on her Twitter, but it was a very prepackaged statement, and she called immediately for a ceasefire. So it's like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna rape all your women and we're gonna kill all your kids and barbaric butchery, literally taking Holocaust survivors. I mean, that image, I think we showed it to you yesterday of that roughly 80 year old woman in a wheelchair. She survived Auschwitz and now she is in Gaza somewhere, alive, dead, who knows, who knows. Uh, but this is, this is the Democrat party. Uh, here's Gretchen Whitmer. Now, you know Gretchen Whitmer as the overly Botox psychopath who is running uh, Michigan right now, who got reelected by the people of Michigan. Uh, she was partying during COVID while she was locking people down. She didn't want people to have, uh, to be able to grow their own fruits and vegetables during COVID. I mean, she's an authoritarian lunatic, which would probably explain why she likes Hamas. Uh, this is, listen to this mealy-mouthed, amoral, nothing statement that she put up there. I have been in touch with communities impacted by what's happening in the region. It is abhorrent. My heart is with all those impacted. We need peace in the region. What a pathetic, indifferent, you know, all that evil needs to flourish is for good people to do nothing, right? Who, who said that? I think it was Hannah Arendt maybe. Um, like, we're there, we're there, we're there. Good people will do nothing. Yes, if you bury your head in the sand, it, they're just gonna behead you a little bit higher up on the neck. That's how it works. Uh, Barack Obama uh, did not tweet for about 48 hours, did not say a word about it. Now, many people think Obama and the Obama administration are running the show in the White House because it's obviously not Biden. And by the way, you know, as critical as I am on Biden, uh, I will say this, Biden, I don't think, hates Israel. I don't think Biden hates Jews by any measure whatsoever. I think Obama does. And I think that's fairly obvious. Uh, so Obama, Obama, it took him 48 hours, but he did finally, he chat GPT'd this thing to get all the buzzwords in there. Can we get the Obama statement? 
We can skip that one. We can skip his last one. It doesn't matter. We have the Obama statement. Yeah. Uh, all Americans should be horrified and outraged by the brazen terrorist attacks on Israel and the slaughter of innocent civilians. We grieve for those who died, pray for the safe return of those who've been held, in, who've been held hostage and stand squarely alongside our ally Israel as it dismantles Hamas. As we support Israel's right to defend itself, we must keep striving for a just and lasting peace for Israelis and Palestinians alike. So actually it's not terrible. The last statement is just the, is just the nothingness that they offer up afterwards. Uh, but this is pretty uh, part and parcel uh, with what Obama has done with almost everything, right? It's a little of everything. But by the way, when I say he didn't tweet, this is why we had a little pause there before we showed you that tweet. When I tell you that he didn't tweet for 48 hours, uh, it's not that he didn't tweet for 48 hours. He did tweet once uh, after the attacks had happened. He tweeted this. For decades, Narjis Mohammadi has been a vocal advocate for women and girls in Iran. This Nobel Prize is a well-deserved recognition of her courage and the hope that she represents not only for the women of Iran, uh, but for women fighting repression and violence around the world. I have no doubt she's probably pretty good. The woman probably deserves some uh, you know, some praise or something, right? That's nice. And, and I'm, and I stand for all the women who are fighting against oppression in Iran and want freedom and all of the other minorities and everything else. Uh, but as we have watched what I now think is not an exaggeration to say is the new Holocaust, right? It's not 6 million people, but it is, to, it is to rain terror on a nation of about 8 million people with the, with the Holocaust level, most unimaginable horrors that you could possibly think of. Took him 48 hours to put that thing together. And, and it felt like he read it from uh, ChatGPT. Let, let me give you a, more, a little more information. So again, what I'm doing here is laying out how ridiculous and, and narrative-driven and propagandic, propagandistic uh, the Democrat Party has become, right? They're all coming off as neutral or equalizing or indifferent or whatever else. And it's like, what? I just, just for anyone watching this, what would you do? What would you do? if they murdered your family and kidnapped your grandma and beheaded your child, what, what would be the moral thing to do? Uh, we're planning a couple shows where I'm gonna try to get away from the politics of all of this and talk about the moral response to an atrocity. I wanna talk about it from a biblical perspective, so I'm gonna try to get a Jewish biblical scholar on the Old Testament. I wanna get somebody, uh, a Christian scholar on the, on the uh, New Testament. I wanna get a secular ethicist because I don't want this, I, with a lot, you're gonna be able to watch a million shows where they're gonna just give you the grind out what happened today thing. And I wanna do some of the philosophic underpinnings on what has to happen now. But just imagine, what would you do? So all of these, these, all of these progressive, um, tolerant people who now seemingly are siding with butchers, what would, what would you do? Because they will behead you, but again, they'll just behead you last. So what has Hamas done here? Let's, let's get a little more info because it's breaking right now. By the way, there's thousands of rockets raining all over Israel right now, including Jerusalem. You would think that maybe they'd leave Jerusalem alone because you know I thought they're supposed to like Jerusalem, but no. Uh, here's some info from The Atlantic. Uh, more accounts are emerging of kidnappings, rapes, and torture committed by Hamas terrorists against Israeli civilians. So far, at least 150 Israelis, mostly, most of them apparently civilians, were kidnapped by Hamas gunmen and stolen across Israel's border with Gaza. By the way, we don't know how many of those are people are Americans, but we know at least several of them are. Uh, among the kidnapped are elderly women and small children. Humans, human rights groups are tracking these kidnappings as evidence of war crimes. Within hours of the attacks on Saturday, photos and videos began to circulate showing the mass murder of Israeli civilians, including people killed in their cars and left dead on the ground in streets at a bus stop, as well as the kidnapping of children, young women, and the elderly. Two widely circulated videos have sparked outrage because of the apparent sexual assaults they depict, the Times of Israel reports. One video shows a woman who appears to have been beaten and who seems to be bleeding in her shorts, being forced out of a Jeep in Gaza. The other video shows a woman, later identified by her family as 22-year-old Shani Luke, uh, stripped down to her underwear and lying face down in a truck, her legs twisted at unnatural angles. Hamas gunmen sit on her body and bystanders spit on it. According to the Washington Post, Luke was kidnapped at a music festival where Hamas killed at least 260 people. Tablet Magazine reports that, the many, that many of the women executed at the festival were raped next to their friends' bodies, dead bodies, or being killed. Some of those who survived were kidnapped and seen paraded through the city streets in Gaza by their captors, blood gushing from between their legs, tablet recorded, uh, reported. All right, so, so how do I do this show properly? Like, how, how do we, how do we, oh, that's not how I do the show properly. How do we all do this? 
Nobody wants to see this stuff. Nobody wants to hear about this stuff. If we do not witness it now, as it is unfolding right this second, then it will happen again. And I would venture to say it might happen to you or someone you know, because this is it, a civilizational war, barbarism versus civility, right? It's here. It is a timeless war that has always gone on, good guys, bad guys, like it's not, it's not just, I can see that there's this sort of amoral people out there, you know, I've been very disappointed listening to a lot of libertarian commenters who I mostly like when it comes to like property rights, and well, not on borders, but property rights, and just sort of live, live and let live attitude. They can't take a moral position on anything. And guess what? The people who can't take a moral position on anything, just like the they, thems, they're gonna behead you too, right? They will come for you too, that's how it works. You think at the end, after they've wiped out all the Jews, and they took out all the rest of the liberal elite and everyone else. You think they're gonna, oh boy, those, you know, those libertarians, they just wanna smoke pot. Would you just let them smoke their pot? No, that's not how it works. Uh, so now to like, just beyond unspeakable, beyond unspeakable, this is from about an hour ago on Fox News. Um, operation continues. We're also getting word that uh, alarms are going off in Tel Aviv. Uh, new rocket fire uh, there. Also uh, getting some horrific uh, images uh, coming from Israeli television. A reporter in the kibbutz, uh, Kafir Azar, uh, said the commander, the Israeli commander who liberated it from Hamas, says they found the bodies of 40 babies. Um, and some of them with their heads uh, cut off. And that's horrible to even say, mm -hmm. uh, but this reporter is on the ground talking to the commander of this kibbutz, uh, and there is video of this, this interview. The atrocities, the uh, specific nature of what we're seeing out of this is actually hard to even calculate. Uh, we're joined- 40 babies, some of them beheaded. Um, as we were playing that, Phoenix just gave me a note, uh, an update from the Israel war room. There are now photos emerging of Jewish children burned alive by Hamas. Uh, we're not going to show them to you here, but I, I just saw them just literally on the fly. Just this second, 40 babies. If you cannot if you cannot figure out what side you are on, you, you are so morally confused or broken. And, and in some ways I sympathize with you to, to an extent you have been broken by a system that was designed to break you years of COVID, horrible education, media that was awful, people that lied to you about everything, and now you have no idea where you are, wandering the desert. And you better figure out what is, what is right and wrong. So I think the challenge for me and the challenge for, for everyone that is decent right now is how do we talk about these things and not burn ourselves out overnight? I have no doubt that some of you are watching this right now, like, man, this, like, we all know this sucks understatement of the century. Um, and nobody wants to see these things. Nobody wants to see the things that I've seen that you've seen. Well, Hamas wants to see them. And I think AOC honestly wants to see them. And I think Rashida Tlaib wants to see them. But I'm showing them to you so they don't leave your mind. So you know, you know, 80 years ago, they said never again. Well, again, here we are again. Here we are again. And remember, they had pogroms, and they had all sorts of stuff, killing Jews all over the place before Israel. So this has nothing to do with Israel. This is an ongoing religious war. That's what it is. So now, as uh, we talk about some of the people that are defending these monsters and some of the people uh, that are excusing it and everything else, I, I, th this, one, this one hits. It's, it's going to hit. I'm just warning you. Uh, this is an Israeli child reacting to Hamas executing her sister in front of her and her siblings. Relax. Relax. 
In case you're unclear what's going on there, that fucking barbaric savage who, who will burn in hell one way or another, uh, that, that's screaming in the background, they're talking to their captor there who just killed their sister. That, so that's why they were speaking some English there because obviously he speaks Arabic, they speak Hebrew. Um, Hamas has also released a, uh, a statement that they will now start executing Israeli civilians, and, and by the way, they have American civilians, um, on live television and posted on social media uh, for every airstrike that, uh, that Israel responds with. To put an end to this, from this moment on, we announce that any targeting of innocent civilians without warning will be met, regretfully to say, by executing one of the hostages in our custody. And we will be forced to broadcast this execution. Regretfully, they'll be forced to do that. Um, and he also says if they're killed without warning, Israel still, even now, is warning people as they're leveling Gaza, get out of the house, get out of the apartment building, Go, you can't stay here. They're, they're dropping leaflets with maps telling people where to go. No other country on earth would ever do that after this. America would have nuked Gaza already, right? Like, so that's what they're doing. It's strange that, as what we pointed out yesterday, uh, that Egypt, oh, by the way, you know what, can we grab that map again that we showed yesterday? Not the one with the little, with the colors, the, the second map that we grabbed yesterday. If we were able to grab that, that would be good. Uh, I mentioned to you yesterday that maybe Egypt could open their border. Of course, they won't. Um, but Egypt officially announced today they will not open their border. So they will not let any of their Palestinian brothers, right? And of course, uh, Gaza was part of Egypt before 1967, because again, there were, never was a Palestinian state. Tell me who the prime minister was or who the president was, just doesn't exist. Uh, but uh, it, it, we'll get that map in just a little bit. Um, but you understand, one of the things that I talk about, what's one of the phrases I use here all the time? Uh, Politics is downstream from culture. Right? That's a great quote by Andrew Breitbart. So how did we lose all of this? How did we lose all of this so that we have, in essence, Hamas members in Congress? So we have people in the streets of New York City cheering on, and not just New York City, we'll get to some of that in just a second, cheering on beheading of children. How did we get there? And a media that lies to us and everything. We'll get to that in a second. I want to show you this map for a second. We, we pulled this one up yesterday. Uh, so you're seeing Israel again, tiny, tiny country the size of New Jersey there. The giant um, sort of... Thing with the edge there between Israel and Egypt, uh, which is hitting the Red Sea, if you look at the sort of north of the Red Sea, that's Sinai. Okay, that's between Israel and Egypt. Israel had Sinai for a while after one of the wars and gave it back to Egypt for peace. And there's basically been peace between Egypt and Israel ever since, because you get peace through strength. Um, the border, as you can see, uh, Gaza, uh, which is on the edge of Israel there, shares a border with Egypt, with Sinai. They could put all the people there. Basically, no one lives in Sinai, it's a massive piece of land bigger than Israel. They put everyone there tomorrow, stop all of this immediately. They will not. You need to understand that they, there is no chance in high hell that they will. Uh, but let's continue because one of the bigger problems when I talk about how politics is downstream from culture is that we live in a time where the mainstream media has lied to us about almost everything. They have lied to us about this conflict and a fake occupation and all of these things forever. They have lied about like, everything related to Trump, related to COVID, very fine people on both sides. Um, the list goes on and on, right? Like they have lied to us about everything. And the problem is when you lie about everything, then people do not know what is true. So even now, even now, as all of this is happening and these videos are everywhere, Fareed Zakaria on CNN brought on Mustafa Barghouti, who's a Palestinian, I think he's in the cabinet, uh, and listen to what he says. And, and Fareed just lets him say it. I mean, absolute abject force shit go the what hamas is doing is they're targeting israeli civilians women children grandmothers no, they are not. Uh, is that is that is that not a classic terror isn't that classic terrorism they're not fighting the israeli government they're fighting ordinary people that's one way of putting it but it's not true 
I think Hamas mainly attacked military establishments, military installations. And most of the people they, they have arrested and uh, taken as uh, pres war, uh, war prisoners are military people. I do not accept attacking any civilian. Uh, uh, I do not accept that Israelis attack our civilians. But look at what Israeli planes are doing now in Gaza. They, they are bombarding houses. They're bringing down to earth. And you've shown, you've shown that on your, uh, on your screen. Look, I get that that guy's just a piece of shit, you know, propagandist liar, right? Like, that's what he's there for. He's doing his job. I actually have a bigger problem with Fareed Zakaria, who puts these people on him. Fareed's been doing this for fucking years with these people, putting on these apologists to lie. They are telling you, don't see what you see with your own eyes. It doesn't even matter what Fareed said after that, that you let this person on. That guy should never be on CNN, and Fareed should be fired. But I get it, I get it. Like, that's not going to happen. This is how the machine operates. Um, but they are, no, they're, they're civilians, they're civilians. Yeah, yeah, the 250 kids who were at the rave that you just mauled down, the 40 kids that were beheaded, babies, not, not, not kids, toddlers, babies, babies. Um, as if that's not bad enough, and it's bad. Like the mainstream media is just, an, is just completely, it has completely collapsed at every level. MSNBC is the worst. CNN, by the, oh, you know what? I'm gonna give somebody credit for a moment. Um, Jake Tapper on CNN, uh, uh, is doing a decent job. Uh, Jake, I believe he's a Democrat activist. I, I think he's confused a lot of the issues over the years. I, I, you know, I've made a lot of fun of him on a bunch of these things. I think he's one of the people that in some ways started, helped usher all of this nonsense in by treating the Democrats and Republicans so differently. But he has actually been uh, pretty good and he is describing them as Hamas terrorists, which I'm sure CNN is not thrilled with. Anyway, over on MSNBC, who are they uh, basically saying it'll get a big win out of this? Yeah, it's Netanyahu. I mean, it's just clown show shit, go. This is the kind of thing that unites a country. Uh, when, when you send 2,200 rockets overnight into Israel, does the, do the internal protests in Israel fall away as Israelis uh, rally around Benjamin Netanyahu, who will clearly come down on, on, uh, uh, on Hamas in Gaza with an iron fist? Yeah, and I was just in Israel covering those protests against that judicial effort by Netanyahu. I couldn't think of a better gift for Benjamin Netanyahu right now than this kind of incursion. He can now position himself, as he has repeatedly throughout his very long tenure running Israel, he can now say, I am the sole protector of this nation. If you go against me, look at what you're up against. And that is what we're seeing right now. Matt Bradley, foreign correspondent for the televised mental institution known as MSNBC, you are an absolute clown. If you think for one moment that, that Netanyahu, who has spent his life defending his people, who built Israel into a, an unbelievably strong state with no natural resources and turned it into a technological powerhouse, that he, he's the winner of this thing. First off, he's going to obviously have to step down at the end of this thing. They're going to have their mili military operation. I hate to tell you AOC, but Israel is going to survive. They're going to have their military operation and he will step down most likely in shame. I think he will probably have, it's not even worth talking about this yet, but I think he will most likely, he, he knows what's right for the country and he loves the country. And I think he will, he, the, the intelligence failures that led to this, those are on his watch. He will, he will fix the situation and step down. Uh, but that they want to pin this. Yes, it's such a win politically for him. It's the most cynical, just absolute awful dishonest take on anything. But speaking of awful dishonest takes, Mehdi Hassan, uh, who previously has called uh, gays and Jews pigs and you know cattle and a whole bunch of other stuff, he's horrible on MSNBC. Here's what he writes, and he tries to sound pretty bright when he's saying it. Strategically, killing civilians in Gaza who aren't Hamas won't hurt Hamas, it'll help them in the long run. Morally, killing civilians in Gaza as part of an overwhelming show of force isn't moral, it's immoral, uh, no. If, um, let's say Turkey attacked Greece, Greece would have every right to do whatever the hell it wanted to Turkey. If Guatemala attacked Mexico, Mexico could do whatever it wanted to Guatemala. You don't, you don't attack back proportionally. All these people, it's disproportionate. Okay, yes, we should round up. Can we get me 1,300 uh, women and children from Palestinians? Uh, could you guys rape? Could you guys rape about a thousand of those women and behead some of the kids? How many? Do we work out the numbers, guys? Jews, we're pretty good with numbers usually. We got an accountant here. Oh, okay. So we raped exactly the amount of people. So it's proportionate. No, it is absolutely moral to, to defend your people as you see fit. The Palestinians made their choice. They they elected Hamas. All of these years of all of the entire Western elite being sympathetic to these people 
giving them billions of dollars. And what did they do with it? They didn't buy shelters and iron domes as, uh, as Hamas caucus member Ilhan Omar wanted. They built an army. They built an army. That's what they built in, uh, in Gaza. And you can see it right now, right? It's an open air prison. They're all starving. They all look pretty decent and well fed and they have an army. Everything that these people have offered you is bullshit. And speaking of bullshit, one more from MSNBC. Uh, here are, as an MSNBC analyst explaining that, that here's how you negotiate with terrorists. You, you basically give them what they want. If you're thinking that far ahead, and I think that's smart, getting to a Palestinian state, it becomes more difficult uh, because of all the Israeli settlements in the West Bank, the, the supported by the government yeah. settlements in the West Bank, even though the international community condemns them. H how do you do that? Does this make Israel well, rethink that or do they just double down? Well, I was hoping Israel was rethinking that. Um, the, the coalition of, of Prime Minister Netanyahu which is substantially to the right of him, uh, includes people who were very much for neutering the role of the Israeli Supreme Court and for expanding settlements into Area C and parts of the West Bank, which would make it impossible for there to be a contiguous Palestinian state. Uh, and rolling that back, yes, would, would be something to consider. Not today, but uh, sadly, uh, soon, if we can get to some form of... of uh, of, of cessation of the hostilities uh, and return of the hostages. Oh, right. Lady in America who spent most of her day with her hairspray, who I think was on season four, episode three of the Golden Girls. If they would just, if they would just do what you want, we'd get peace. Hamas's charter calls for the extermination of Israel, all of the dead Jews, all of them, right? Me too, everybody gone. But if we just, by the way, Netanyahu has not expanded Israel even one square mile in his time in office, okay? They've built apartments in places that Jews have lived for thousands of years. Again, Jesus of Nazareth, where do you think Nazareth is? Judea and Samaria, now known as the West Bank, right? It's where the story of Hanukkah, every Jew, for the his, every Jew that you know, if you're watching this, you've met a Jew, you met a Jew, right? Uh, they celebrate Hanukkah, right? And it's the story of saving uh, an, an incredible, or an unbelievable assault by the Greeks and in the Judean hills, which they now call the West Bank because everything they do, to, to, to say the West Bank, it's the West Bank of the Jordan River. But before 1967, it was always known as the Judean hills. You're not gonna believe who lived in Judea. Nuts, right? Um, but yes, if we could, if just, guys, Hamas, could you, if, okay, you, you raped all the people, you, you did everything you wanted to do. How about if we um, remove all of our citizens there? So there's no Jews there. So that'll be kind of like what Hitler wanted too. Then you guys will call it off. You promise not to rape anybody else? Fucking clown show. Uh, here's former State Department official Aaron David Miller. He has been wrong about almost everything for 30 years related to all of this. And he's very concerned that Israel might, might hurt some people now that, you know, the dead babies and everything. What is their response going to be? The prime minister has declared war, declared war on Hamas. When you declare a war, you aim for victory. But I ask myself the basic question, exactly what do the Israelis hope to achieve? Reoccupation of the Gaza Strip? A major ground incursion to destroy Hamas's military leadership? Mohammed Daif, who's already been a, a legitimate target of, of, of the Israelis, has been very vocal. The Israelis may want to eliminate Hamas's leadership, but where does this go, Wolf? That's the real problem. Where's the strategy to ensure that this is not a, a brutal and horrific uh, rinse, wash, and repeat cycle? Oh, right. We got another college professor on who's accomplished nothing in his life and doesn't have to live with the rape of his wife and rockets raining down on his head. Guys, could you just ease up? Don't, oh no, you're gonna blow up those buildings, ah. How many text messages did you send before you blew up the building? How many times did you tell them, hey, we want nothing to do with you, but if you kill our women, we're gonna have to do something about it? You clown, clown show. That's what these people are. But now I wanna expand this to something else because what I started doing at the top, if you remember seven days ago at the top of the show, uh, is that I was connecting this to the radicalism of the Democrat party. And the radicalism of the Democrat party, I would say, is also connected to hyper-secularism. These people believe in nothing but the government. They believe that up and down is left and right. They don't believe in biology and everything. So what we have now in a weird way is why I've described everything happening. I always say that the, the, the problems are not political, they're spiritual in a sense. I'm not saying you have to be a devout religious whatever, Catholic, Christian, Jew, or anything else. 
But there is like a, there is like an inherent problem when we are all so disconnected from truth. So I would say politics is not only downstream of culture, but it's also downstream of theology. If we don't know what we are and who we are and why America is good and why Western theology means anything and why between Jerusalem and Athens, you could come up with this nugget of something so freaking amazing that we've had for a couple hundred years on earth, which is not the default position of people to live in free societies. If you don't know why any of that happened, well then congratulations, you'll give it back to the savages. And by the way, the savages are now, they're showing themselves. Uh, here is a woman. There were many protests, pro-Hamas uh, protests in New York City, and they're showing Nazi flags and, you know, a great, great group of people, and they're in New York City, and who knows how many of them we just let into the country. Uh, here's a woman. Uh, she's not really into America, it doesn't seem like. I spoke to a guy before this, and he said America first. You weren't happy with that. Why? Israel would not exist without America. So no America first for you? No. Are you an American? Yes. And you don't want to put America first? No. No, America first for her. Uh, the idea that Israel would not exist without America is also not true. When the British Empire ended in 1948, they left, the British left, and then there was just land there, right? There was just land. They had offered, we went through this yesterday, they had offered to divvy it up. Hey, you guys, you Arabs, there were no Palestinians at the time, it was not a people that existed. You Arabs will get some. There was a, the 1947 UN partition plan. You Arabs will get some, you Jews will get some. Israel would have been much smaller than it is today, but the Jews said, okay, we'll, we'll take it. We'll take it, it would be nice. You know, We just got holocausted. It would be pretty nice to have a little something that we could call ours and not be hunted and hounded down as we have throughout our history. The Arabs said, no, launch a war, lost, blah, blah, blah. But the point is, uh, they didn't get the state because America. America did recognize the state shortly after. Harry Truman did recognize the state, I think about a day after. Um, but the, but the, they got a state by living on the land and create taking a desert and turning it into a paradise that is, that is now unfortunately not much of a paradise. Uh, but these protesters, and they're, they're telling you who they are, right? Like they're telling you, they're telling you, we sympathize with people who murder babies and everything else. And at what point, I don't know exactly what the point is now. And I think we're gonna really have to rethink this. And I, and I as a, look, I was put on the map in large part as a, as a free speech advocate, right? Someone that was fighting for free speech. At what point, if all of your allegiances as an American are to foreign terrorist organizations and you excuse and celebrate the murder of innocent people all over the world, at what point uh, do we have a problem on our hands here in America? Here's a Palestinian demonstration in New York City yesterday. They're really into Palestine, a country that never existed, uh, but Putting that aside for a second, I think the reason that they're into Palestine is they think that they're the indigenous people there, right? Again, the Jews somehow thousands and thousands of years, story of Hanukkah, Western wall, temples that existed for thousands of years, none of, none of that matters. They built a mosque on top of the temple, which do you think came first? This is basic engineering, right? Um, but they seem to think this is about indigenous people. Do those strike you as uh, Native Americans? Were, did, did any of those people strike you as Native Americans? Possibly, I didn't see any TPs or I didn't even see Elizabeth Warren in that thing. Um, so what right do you have to be here unless actually, once you think you're done with Israel, you will turn that evil shit onto America, which is obviously what they plan on doing. Here they are outside in uh, Chicago. By the BDS movement as it grew. To tell you the truth, the racism of the Zionists. Long live the Antifa. From the river to the sea, it's written in sort of like that German font, so you can sort of see um, they're, they're calling the Israelis racist. It's just incredible. There are there are Muslim Arabs who sit on the Supreme Court of uh, of Israel. There are in Israel, you can have any job, any profession, anything you want to do as an Arab, if you go to Jordan or Lebanon, there are there are dozens of jobs, Google it, that you cannot have as a Palestinian. Um, it, it's just the, it's just, well, it's extraordinary, but it's just fucking obvious, what can I tell you? Uh, but here they are in, but, it's, but let's focus guys, because right, this is just about the Israelis. It's about these mean Jews who got a couple guns and were able to defend themselves, right? And Jews are supposed to live on their knees. They're, in a, they're a minority, minorities are supposed to be pathetic and always bald into the power. Jews don't do that, it doesn't fit the intersectional calculator. But really what this is is about Israelis, right? It's not, it's not about Jews, right? We don't hate all the Jews. Uh, cue the Sydney Opera House in Australia yesterday and uh, this chant uh, might uh, disturb you. 
There's an invasion happening, but it ain't Israel invading Palestine, an imaginary place, right? Uh, there's an invasion happening, but it's happening in Sydney, Australia, and it's happening in London, and it's happening in Chicago and New York City. Again, when you, if, let's, let's say you're watching this, and I think it's a fair estimation to be just like, if, as an American, to be like, you know what, I don't want anything to do with any of this stuff, and, and hopefully you would take a moral position, right? Um, but the point is, if you think that this has nothing to do with you, it does, because these people are now in our countries. There, what, do you think those people want a, a free Australia? You think they watch Crocodile Dundee on the weekends? Drink a Foster's? No. They, like, it's just so fucking obvious, it's ridiculous. Here's London. Yeah, Brock just made a great point. It's like, you know, Australia had some of the most draconian lockdowns ever. I know that was London, what we just showed you there, but the previous one obviously was Sydney, Australia, which by the way, that that was just deeply depressing. I mean, it's deeply depressing at sort of just like an existential level and human hatred and how broken some people's brains and hearts can be. The last stop that Jordan and I did on the international portion of the tour uh, was at the Sydney Opera House. It was, one of, it was truly one of the best professional days of my life, the most beautiful theater we had ever been in. I didn't even realize it was a, a theater in the round. It was an absolutely gorgeous day. It was the only matinee show we did the entire time. I walked out on that boardwalk that they're now killing, you know, calling for gas the Jews. And Jordan and I walked outside and, and there were throngs of people that wanted to say hi to him. And it was just an absolutely just wonderful, wonderful day. Now it's where they're screaming gas Jews. London has a problem on its hands. Britain has a problem on its hands. Again, this has nothing to do with the Jews. You take out all the Jews, guess what? They're still coming for you. They're still coming for the people of London, the good Brits. So the Western countries are gonna have to decide, what are you doing? What are you doing right now? You guys, we know already. I mean, we've seen over the last 10 years, you let all these people in, you didn't assimilate them. In America, we've done a much better job. And by the way, I am in no ways bigoted towards Arab people or Muslims or anything else. I'm bigoted towards those people. Those people who express those views that are so antithetical to everything we know to be uh, congruent with a free society, those are the people that I'm bigoted against. And I am bigoted against them. And you should be too. You should discriminate against them because we all discriminate, right? You don't have everyone as a friend. You discriminate and pick your friends. I don't like those guys very enough, very much. Anyway, I tweeted out, uh, I've already repeated it, but here we go. How long till the Hamas wing of London goes after the Brits? So just note that, can we put a little pin in that one day? Because when it, when it comes there, uh, we should have known, we should have known. Uh, I want to now show you a video because I want to get to the to the clarity part of this because I promise you for as long as um, all of this goes on and I do want to say I will try to watch my language a little bit more. I, I got to get these F-bombs out of my system, but I, I know like I, I have to do what is natural to me, uh, but I know also some of you do watch the show with kids or, or whatever it might be. So I'll try to be somewhat aware of that. Um, but I want to get to some solution part, portion of it and I will always try to do that when I wrap up these shows because the solution has been in front of us. And the solution has been something that has been obvious to human civilizations for all the time. You, you defend your people. You live in a place with people that are like-minded. You, you have a culture and you defend it. And you decide, these are our traditions, these are our foods, these are our, this is our music, these are our values. And you say, this is ours. You can do what you want over there. And by the way, that's exactly what Israel did with Gaza. We want nothing to do with you anymore. You didn't want one Jew. We literally pulled them out of synagogues. You burned them down. We want nothing to do with you. And they were paid back with the rape and murder of their children. But every society, every society that has ever existed, it existed because it defended its culture and its people. So now we found this video, it's an old one, uh, but this is from, too old, it's from 2018. This is British Channel 4 host Kathy Newman. And some of you may remember Kathy Newman. She was the one that sort of put Jordan Peterson on the map when she asked him a series of some of the dumbest questions ever and he just annihilated her. But here she is in 2018 talking to a, a Polish member of parliament. His name is Dominic Tarsinki. I hope I, I said that right. 
And she asks him how many refugees has Poland taken in, because you may remember this is during the Syria war five years ago, refugees rampaging through Europe, taking over Germany, uh, going through France, right? Like destroying Paris, all this stuff. And Europe has that on their hands now and they, they fully regret it. Here she is trying to guilt this member of Polish par parliament into how many he'll take. Watch this. How many refugees has Poland taken? Zero. And you're proud of that? If you are asking me, if you're, if you're asking me about Muslim, uh, Muslims' illegal immigration, none, not even one will come to Poland. Not even one if it's illegal. We, we took over two million Ukrainians who are working, who are peaceful in Poland, we will not receive even one Muslim because this is what we promised. But I asked this not about illegal failed. immigrants, I asked about refugees. And Juncker, the commission president, says that you're racist. You sound proud of the fact that you haven't taken any refugees. Of course, because this is what our people are expecting from our government, that's number one. This is why our government was elected. But this is why Poland is so safe. This is the, the, the reason why we had not even uh, one terrorist attack. Look at the streets in Poland. And we can be called populists, nationalists, racists. I don't care. I care about my family and about my country. I want to, what's the national drink of Poland? I want to have a drink with that guy. Whatever it is, I want the. I will buy the most expensive bottle of whatever the national drink of Poland is. You know, you can make all the jokes you want about Poland and Polish people. But God damn, they got it right, right? It's vodka? I guess Polish vodka. I guess that does make it. You always think of it as Russian, but yeah, okay, close enough. Um, he's he's right. And the way she tries to guilt him in it, and I, you won't let in one. And I, you know, one day, one day when they take over Britain, and then they behead Kathy Newman, there's gonna be a guy holding Kathy Newman's head and he's gonna have the finger one up because that's their sign, like we, we did it. You didn't let one in, someone will put, they'll make a meme of it. That, that's where this is all heading. These guilty, pathetic liberals in Western societies who would fall on the sword and then there, wouldn't it be something? The whole world ends but Poland exists. Wouldn't that be the ultimate joke? It would be the ultimate irony, ha ha ha. You asked how many of us it took to screw in a light bulb and here we are. Does all this sound familiar? The guilting of people who do the right thing, the attacks and the lies. You don't, we, and he, I love it. He says, we don't care. You call us racist? We don't, we don't give a shit. Okay, we don't care. You know who else they called racist for years and years and years? And they said he was a Nazi, but it turns out they were the Nazis. Yeah, Donald Trump. Here he is in 2015 when he was talking about building a wall and, build, and having a border. You either have a nation or you don't. Now look, he didn't build the wall. He didn't but we stopped a lot of illegal immigration, right? We absolutely did. And I do believe that whether it's him or DeSantis or anyone else that Republicans will at least fix this to some extent, but just remember the backlash he faced back in 2015. Trump is enraging many people with his remarks about Mexican immigrants. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some I assume are good people. How can you succeed when you say things like that? Well, you can't, again, Gail, the question is how can you become president? You can't by saying things like that. On Fox and Friends today, Trump spoke about the controversy. Are you concerned about alienating the Hispanic vote by saying that Mexico is not our friend and we're building a wall? If it's good for me or bad for me, I don't think of that. I think of saying the right thing. And people have to be alerted to the fact sure. that we are getting some really bad characters coming into this country. By the way, that, that's the Donald Trump that I actually came to love and was right about a lot of things and proudly voted for and everything else. Let's, and, I, and actually, you know, one of the bizarre offshoot sort of refreshing things over the last couple of days is how, how Trump has said the right thing, DeSantis says, like, we don't even have to do any of that stuff for a while. I think we can put that aside. Like, there is a side politically that actually makes sense right now. And, and I wanna give credit where credit is due with Trump. I mean, there's so, just the way they frame everything, these liberal elitists and that weird John Heilman. Remember that guy, John Heilman, we showed you there from the CBS clip? He was the guy that Russell Brand absolutely destroyed. And what did he say? How, when she, uh, what's her name? Gail King, who's I think Oprah's lesbian lover, when she was like, uh, <laughs> when she was like, um, and how can you do this? How can you say those mean things? Well, you can't if you wanna become president. And he became president. It's like, and then John Hallman blocked me on Twitter, by the way. So you guys can send him this clip if you want. So what is the alternative? What was the alternative to Trump then? 
Well, there was this woman, Hillary Clinton, remember her? Uh, so we could have not done some of the things that Trump did right, because even by, by coming across as a racist, even if you're not a racist, sometimes you scare some of the people, right? Like you make it seem like, oh, they shouldn't come to the border because that guy's really racist, we shouldn't come. Then you get some old buffoon in like Joe Biden and then they come either way, right? Even though we tell them that the borders, we do in fact tell them that the border is open. Uh, so this, we're almost at the end guys, I promise. And I think this is officially our longest show ever. Um, Hillary Clinton, uh, was making the rounds again. And I think it's partly because I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility that they will run her again when they get rid of Biden. I think most likely it's Gavin and they got to figure out the, the Kamala Harris thing, but she's been making the rounds on the media again. And if you want to see the authoritarian tendencies of these people, I can have whatever frustrations I want with Donald Trump. Uh, but do you know that I never go after his supporters? I never do. I, I, I was one of them. I might be one of them again. And, and these were good, decent Americans who just had, who were out of the Overton window of, of what you authoritarian freaks allowed. But they were deplorables. They always go after these people, that what they've done to the people of January 6th. You guys get all this stuff. Anyway, she's back in the media, making the rounds again. Uh, and here she's officially calling for uh, cult deprogramming of citizens she doesn't like. Very strong partisans in both parties in the past. Uh, and we had very bitter battles over all kinds of things, gun control and climate change and the economy and taxes. But there wasn't this little tail of extremism waving, you know, wagging the dog of the uh, Republican Party as it is today. Mm -hmm. And sadly, so many of those extremists, those mega extremists, um, take their marching orders from Donald Trump, who has no credibility left by any measure. He's only in it for himself. He's now defending himself in civil actions and criminal actions. And when do they break with him? You know, because at some point, you know, maybe there needs to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members, but something needs to happen. What an insane statement. Now, again, you know where I started the show about the radicalism of the Democrat Party that caused a guy like RFK Jr., a true liberal, who I have some political different disagreements with, to leave the party. Then I think we illustrated how the radicals have taken over and how the bad ideas have now burst forth into various societies all over, quite literally all over the globe. And then you have her, Hillary Clinton, who lost to Trump, called him an illegitimate president back in the days when you could question election results. And then she says that the, there's this, uh, what does she say? There's this radical version of the Republicans that wag the little tail of extremism in the Republican party. Think which is more radical? Is it the MAGA people that want a border and want law and order and to defend the constitution and all of those things? And by the way, have peace in the Middle East, which he did and a whole bunch of stuff like that. Or would you say, that it's the Hamas caucus and the wokesters who are wagging the little tail of extremism of the Democrats that lead them to exactly where we are at right now, which not only leads them to bad policies and everything else, but then leads to a moment where Hillary Clinton is up there calling for some sort of formal, I mean, she went out of her way, some sort of formal deprogramming. She didn't say, you know, we should figure out a way to talk to these people and everything. Some sort of formal deprogramming. Struggle sessions, Hill, you know? You've had a couple of those with Bill after he raped some chicks. Like, you guys sold your soul to the devil. Enjoy. Um, okay, we're almost there, guys. Um, so what, what do you do? W well, what do we all do within the American version of this with our political system? Well, I can link that very quickly back to RFK at the top. He woke up because of the border. He was struggling with the woke stuff. He, he believes in liberal values, whether you agree with him on those principles or not. And, and he's waking up right now. And what have I been saying for years now? Ad nauseum. The sliver of people who can still wake up in America are the disaffected libs. I'm seeing it right now. I'm seeing a lot of, of even lefty Jews suddenly being like, okay, okay, we tried to be nice to everybody. We thought being nice and being open was good, but, uh, you know, we've had it. We've just about had it. We let them into the bagel shop and they took all the bagels. It's time to figure this new thing out, okay? Uh, so what do you do? You encourage people to wake up and blaze a new trail. That's exactly what RFK is doing right now. As I've surrendered my attachment to taking sides over the past six months, I've been able to listen with new ears to people with whom I disagree and to see solutions that would otherwise have been invisible. I'll give you an example. Six months ago, I thought that an open border was a humanitarian policy and that sealing, if you were for sealing the border, it meant that you were probably a xenophobe 
and maybe a racist. I was wrong. How did I learn I was wrong? It wasn't just that I listened. It, it wasn't just that I listened to the other side. It was when I actually visited the border and listened to people who weren't on either side. My views changed, and that's why I'm here today. I'm here to declare myself an independent candidate. He listened to people and then his views changed. He used to think six months ago, if you wanted a closed border, you were a xenophobic racist, right? That's what he thought six months ago and he has woken up. And the people that are applauding him there, you may disagree with them on abortion and affirmative action and a bunch of other stuff as I do, but they're on their path to waking up. And because I believe that the truth cannot be stopped, I'll take some people waking up. I think it's pretty good. You get some of that in the ether, you never know what's gonna happen. It starts spreading, some good things start happening. And, and to give this guy some real credit beyond all of that, I am doing an event with him in Bel Air on October 26th. He chose me to do the event with him and he knows I'm not supporting him as the presidential candidate, right? I'll support him as far as I can. But like, think about that. Think how profoundly different that is than everything else we, we've come to know related to politics. And think how actually, truly liberal that is. It's not liberal so you're open-minded till your head, till your brains fall out of your head. It's liberal so that you say, oh, reality exists. And we gotta figure out how to free people within reality, not upend the world in, in the quest for world domination or whatever these freaks are doing. Well, that's our program for today. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. We've got a full post-game show for those of you who want to watch uh, and join us and ask some questions and comments. And, and really, that's where I get to, you know, connect with you guys in a, in a just different way than this. Uh, RubinReport.locals.com. I leave you with a uh, Israel-Palestine. You know, I hate, people keep saying Palestine. And even for our, Palestine never existed. The British mandate of Palestine. Okay, we've been through all of that. Uh, but I have to even stop doing it because the default position is somehow this is Israel versus Palestine. I know that would be like saying it's Israel versus Israel, right? It's not because Palestine was the place of the Jews, but all right, fine. Um, anyway, we leave you with, Connor's like, wrap it up, dude. I got to pee. I leave South Park, just enjoy and I'll see everybody at the, on the local chat in a second. Never mind. Well, now you're going to get it, motherfucker. That's right. You and me, right now. We're having it out. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.